Apartheid Nations. Uh, I hope that some other people will join us wherever Carl come. Uh, I love to be with you. Uh, we're going to continue now with Abraham. First, do you hear me? Uh, is there everything, the voice is okay? Yes, okay, thank you. All right, so it's about 8 o'clock, so we can start. And we'll talk today about very important issues. Uh, don't, don't tell me it's not showing here on the... Oh, gosh. How can it be? Hmm. It's not showing on the... Let me... Let me go back to... To the... Uh, to this... It will be a disaster. I, I, I don't see the class here on the internet, but I must find it. Uh, let me see how can I put it on. Uh, I know it's there. Let me see home. Oh. How can I put it there? Oh, that's impossible. Um. I'm trying to figure out could it be another section? Yes, but the question is how to put it here. Uh, let me see. I'll go back to. Um, I'll go back to the page with your permission. Uh, I'll be off for a minute.
Hello. Uh, תכף, תרצי לי לאים. תכף. אני באמצע שיעור עכשיו. Do you hear me now? I think we're back in business. Oh, do you hear me? Yes, okay. Very good. So I just managed, I think there's something, uh, uh, the capacity there on the page is beyond and it kind of put it. Anyhow, uh, let's go back to Abraham. I think it's a very important topic today. So, all right, so uh, we are learning, of course, about fifth, the fourth commandment of Noah, and we are following, we learned about Nimrod, uh, the Tower of Babylon, and now we are moving, we're just following the text, and the text told Torah bring us right away to Abraham. And the Torah says that uh, Noah got a uh, son Shem, and Shem got a, begot the Ever. Ever, Ever is the, uh, uh, the the grandson of of of, of uh, Noah, and that's a source of uh, Ivri. 
Abraham was descended of Ever, and that's the name of Ivri, Hebrew. That's actually the source of the name Hebrew. Ever. Ever was a very righteous man, and he and Shem uh, continued his academy, Torah academy in Jerusalem for years. Now, from 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 Ever, uh, ten generation after Noah uh, came. Ten, uh, no, uh, Abraham came ten generation after Noah. So Terach is uh, the grandfather of Abraham. Uh, Terach is the father of Abraham. He says he says here. So let's read about about Terach and his family. This introduction to Abraham. So this is now the Genesis 11, the end of chapter 11. If you want, you can open up your Bible or can read it together. These are the generation of Terach. Terach begat Abraham, Nachor, Haran, and Haran begat Lot. This is a famous Lot, the cousin of Abraham. And Haran, uh, the brother of Abraham, uh, passed away, uh, died in, um, before his father Terach in the land of his nativity in Ur Kasdim. Ur Kasdim is the, where today is Iraq. Uh, I think the ruin of Ur uh, are still seen today. They, they were discovered. And Abraham and Nahor took wife for themselves, the name of Abraham, his name is here Abraham, not Abraham. The H, the H was added later. So Abraham and the whole took wife for themselves, the name of Abraham, Abraham wife was Sarai. Later on her name again was changed from Sarai to Sarah, Sarah. And the name of Nahor wife was Milka. The Torah really pay a lot of attention to this name and to these people. But Sarai was barren and she had no child. That's a major point in, in Abraham's life. He had no child until he was 100 years old. And Terach took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot, the son of Aaron, and the daughter-in-law Sarai, wife of his son Abraham, and they went from them, from them, so for the people of that city, they went from them, and then from the Ulkasdim, from the city itself, so the Torah repeat, uh, from the people, they left the people and, and, and the city to go to the different land, to the land of Canaan. But they came to Haran and they uh, stayed there and, uh, and uh, Terach was uh, uh, 205 years old, he died in Haran. Haran is today Syria. And, ha and Hashem says to Abraham, this is now chapter, chapter uh, 12, and Hashem says to Abraham, go for yourself out of your country, out of your birthplace, out of your house of the Father to the land which I shall you, which I shall show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, 
become a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever bring a curse upon you, I will curse, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed through you. What a section. So before we go, before we analyze it, what happened to Abraham and his trial and tribulation, let's kind of uh, discuss few few important things. I think they are uh, timely. We need to discuss these things. Uh, I hope that you you hear me well. Please uh, make sure that uh, do you hear me all of you? Thank you. Thank you. I see you, Mary, Linda, Flora here, Diana Stone, Debbie. I already saw you. Well. So welcome to the class again. Thank you. So now, let's first ask the question. Uh, the first question we should ask is, why should Ben Noah learn about Abraham? Uh, we live only uh, ten, we live ten, ten generations after Noah. You know, you we are call ourselves. Uh, you call yourself. Uh, I am uh, Israel, so you are Ben Noah. So, but we all know Noah. So why should they know uh, uh, learn about uh, Abraham? Isn't not enough to just learn about Noah in the flood? What is, why is Abraham related? Indeed, one, I remember one of, in one of the conventions that I attended several years ago in Dallas, somebody stood up, so-called scholar, and he said that, he said that uh, in the open that uh, uh, Bnei Noach should stick to uh, Noach, uh, where Jews should should be should they follow Ab- Abraham belong to Israel to the Jews and Bnei uh, Noach should stick to Noach. That's not right. Why? Why this notion is completely wrong? Because Abraham is now officially considered a son of Noah. Abraham is not yet Israel. That's an important notion that we need to kind of put once for all on the table to make clear to everyone. Abraham uh, is is considered to be the first Hebrew. He was, uh, Eber was his grand-grand-grandfather, so he's the first Hebrew. And some midrashim, some of the sources say that Abraham kept the entire Torah, even rabbinic laws. Yeah, but that's that's kind of a legendary thing that you know you have to develop like a a taste. There are so many midrashim, so many things that the people say, but they don't. They are not abiding. What abiding is the halacha, and the Rambam, which is present the Jewish halacha, the mainstream halacha. So uh, the Rambam says. That count Noah, count Abraham, surprisingly, not as a Jew at all, not in Israel at all. Abraham is a son of Noah, as Jacob was, and in fact, as Isaac was, and Jacob was, and actually, the children of Israel in Egypt were also son of Noah. 
until finally they stood on Sinai and they became uh, the, the nation of Israel. But, but they were conceptually, for a long, long time, they were all Bnei Noah. Moreover, uh, Abraham was the first um, martyr he gave his life for Noah, not for not for Moses since the uh, Ten Commandments, not for, for Israel, but Abraham gave his life, he was a martyr for for Noah's seventh commandment. So that's a, that's an important issue that's all. So if somebody comes and says that uh, Abraham is nothing that Noah has nothing to do with, with, with Abraham. Abraham doesn't belong to the Noah. Well, the person who said that doesn't know Torah. Abraham gave his life for the seventh commandment. Not for the tenth commandment, but for the seventh. Not only, not only that, here we come to a different, to another point, a little deeper uh, insight. You cannot understand Abraham and his trial and tribulation without understanding Noah. Because this is Abraham, tribulation and trial is part of the whole journey of humankind uh, through, through the book of Genesis, where they stumble from one, 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 uh, uh, one commandment after the next. Here I put for you just like a, a, the list that we already discussed in the past. As you remember in Eden, just to make it short, in Eden uh, there were Adam and Eve, only two human beings, and they, they were only uh, abide, they, they were ordered to keep only two commandments, and they stumbled over two of them, idolatry and adultery. And they lost, they, they, once they stumble over the two commandments that they have, so they lost the right to be in Eden, and they were chased out. Uh, then on earth, Cain and Abel stumble over now the next one, the bloodshed. And they are descended of uh, Cain and Abel, not uh, violated not only bloodshed, but the rest of them. All the rest of the commandments were violated, uh, as we know with the story of the flood. So, so ten, ten generations after, after Adam, uh, humanity could have been lost completely. So Hashem in, in His mercy sent us Noah uh, to save humanity from extinction. And Noah actually was obsessed. His obsession was to, to, to fight against bloodshed, number three. Of course he, he was very particular about idolatry and, and adultery, we know that. We, we know that if he, he, he rejected the Enosh and the children of Elohim, a violation of the oneness, we know that he, he preached oneness. He, 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 uh, he, he's, we, are, we are the, the heir. He, he was a spiritual father of all of us, so he told us what oneness is, who is the king of the universe. Um, but, but the main thrust, the main thrust of his life was a struggle against number three, bloodshed. He didn't, he didn't fight against number one and number two, but number three. Not only that, he enforced uh, the, the, the number three by the new, by accepting the new seventh commandment, which is mercy. Now the seventh commandment, which says no eating 
forbidden for, to eat blood uh, from uh, 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 an animal in a living limb, which is we call we call it mercy. So this this prohibition under seven actually enforced number three. So it's not like a new a new idea. It's just uh, number seven. The, the basic ideas are the are the other six. When Menach came and added another one, he just enforced the failing the, the failing three against which he, he was obsessed all his life to fight against bloodshed. So he added number seven to enforce number three. But with this new number, uh, here are a point I want you kind of to understand. It's kind of difficult to understand perhaps at the beginning. But because just one more commandment of Noah, the number seven, he shared the new color of the entire group. The whole sixth commandment, the whole previous sixth commandment of Adam and Noah, Adam and Eve, now got a new, a new, a new face, a new color because of Noah's seven, the color of mercy. He, he, we, we spoke about before how everything is now examined not only from the law but also from the side of mercy and cruelty. And not only that, the, the seventh commandment came with a new new rainbow covenant and with a new revelation uh, that there uh, no more mercy in the, in the world and less harsh judgment. So it's a whole new humankind, you know, whole, a whole new relationship between mankind and Hashem. So you, Noah just added one more, that's all, just one more commandment. And, but it was a whole new, 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 new set of commandments. It was, a, you cannot compare Noah to, to Adam and Eve. Because it was a whole new set, uh, uh, aspect of, of mercy and less judgment, more mercy in the world, and so forth. He opened up a, a, a new a new hope that we can we can survive on the planet, but we couldn't do it before. So just one more commandment, it's in a, in a whole new, a new road is open to us. Now why I emphasize it because the same thing is now going to happen with Abraham. In the same token, now after the flood. So you, the, the, we spoke about it how the, the first generation after the flood, of course, they will not, they will not stumble again over bloodshed. They already learned it from Noah, and therefore, of course, we will not, will not stumble over, over idolatry and adultery. Later on, they would, but at the beginning, when while Noah was still alive, his children, his, his close few generations until even after Nimrod, they didn't, they didn't uh, really uh, uh, practice idolatry and not adultery. They were very, it was a very peaceful time. But they were possessed and obsessed by, by, by acquisition and acquiring wealth. And, and now the theft kicked in, number four. So, so now the new, the new obsession of humanity, theft and acquisition and wealth and power, uh, is going to take over. Of course, once you stumble with, with number four, they also degenerated into violating all the rest of them. But it took like ten generations and until Abraham came. So, 
of course, Abraham's, Abraham uh, generation violated everything, idolatry, adultery, everything, but the, the main thrust, the main obsession of the day was a sex, number violation number four, which means now that Abraham, when he's going to correct ten generations after Noah, Hashem is in mercy sending us again a new soul, a beautiful soul of Abraham, who is going to correct the, 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 the tribulation of his time. Then he's going to, to enter a new covenant, like Noah did. It's sealed with a new commandment, which is circumcision. And as we're going to learn, the circumcision is, is of course number eight now, but it's not just one more commandment. It's, it's erroneous to think about this as just one more commandment. It's a whole new color tainted or painted over the entire group. The same way that Noah added mercy over the entire thing, now it's a, it's a new covenant, Hashem come closer to mankind, and the connection, we'll see how, how humankind come closer to Hashem through Abraham, with the circumcision, and a new light, a new group of, of the entire, of entire, entire group of the commandments. So number eight, the circumcision that Abraham is going to teach us, is now a whole new avenue for whole humankind. So now we understand, as, as we just read the, the verse, the, 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 when we just read the verse about Abraham saying, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed through you, which means what? That Abraham teaching now, so to speak, take over from Noah. It's not like, but it's not like replacing Noah. It's just adding a new light, a new emphasis. The same way that Noah did not, did not cancel Adam and Eve, he just added another aspect which was lacking before. So, so came Abraham and added from, from, his own, from his own life, from his own uh, 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 relationship to Hashem, he, he entered a new, a new zeal. A new, a new aspect of self-sacrifice, which, which, which we'll, we'll learn in a minute what it means. So all the so here we come a point that we need. I need. I want to kind of to emphasize. We'll talk about it again and again. That Bnei Noach now, as the Hashem says here, all the families of earth shall be blessed through you. In Hebrew, the word "bless" is like encore. It's like growing a tree. And many rabbis says it's like uh, all the all the nation of the earth will kneel as if they kind of lean on you, or, or kind of a, 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 like a tree that you uh, how you say you take a, you take another species and you 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 grow on 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 on, on another so you plant you, you plant a, I forgot the name. I have to look at the dictionary. How you you plant a new a, another tree on top of the on on the stem of another tree. So so that's the verse that is used here in Hebrew. So all the nation of the ver of the world will kind of grow on on a tree whose base there is is Abraham. So you can see when you can ask in that case why should we call ourselves Enoch? We should call ourselves Abraham. Well, here comes the point. 
Abraham in his modesty tell all the nation of the world, yeah, you're going to bless for me, but I'm telling you, I'm a prophet of Noah. So you should listen to Noah. Which means the circumcision that Abraham added in his modesty is going to give it only to his children as, a, as an obligation. But his teaching, the thrust of his face and his teaching, the new zeal that he introduced, the new aspect that he's going to introduce, all the Noah should share. Because the Torah says it, all the family of the, of the earth shall be blessed through you. So here is like a, uh, I put down, it is the beginning of a tree that will continue to, to grow in, in our future classes. So Abraham is the base uh, upon which two, two branches uh, grow. Uh, Bnei Noach and Israel, but they all encode on Abraham. But Abraham himself is encoded on Noah in a sense that he, he, did, he tell all the nations uh, you keep the seventh commandment you don't necessarily have to circumcise yourself but the idea of circumcision that my teaching uh, should, should we all should share uh, all humanity should share Abraham this all this will come will come to will repeat it so will come to you grafting yeah that's wonderful yeah, that's, that's, that's the word I was missing, to graft, exactly. Well, I did so many coronal grafting and transplantation in my life, uh, in, in surgery, and here I, I missed the word grafting. Thank you, Ellen Erlene. So now, as we kind of introduce this general notion about uh, what we are talking about, now it's about time to start talking about Abraham himself, and what happened to his generation, and, and to see how really all these ideas as a, as a actually uh, uh, transpired in, in history, how, did ha how, how it all happened. Fine? So, if you have no question, uh, a question, is the explanation of the changing of the name Alanisa or do we know? Uh, well, uh, the Torah uh, later on, when, when they changed the name, uh, the hey, uh, each one of them got a hey. Hey is a is a is a H is the is the is the name of Hashem. So that's uh, that's the basic explanation. Abraham was added H, which is a uh, part of Hashem's name. Uh, and it's also the same thing with Yehoshua. His name was Yoshua, Joshua. So Yoshua, and Moses added an H, Yehoshua, Jehoshua. So He represents the name of Hashem. The Yud He Vav He. That's part of the four letters. All right. So now we let's now focus what happened. What happened to to Noah? To see what are the tribulation, the background of Abraham. So let's go back to the story, and we we saw that uh, we are uh, we are talking about the theft. Remember, uh, our our trust, our basic notion is to understand how humanity failed on on theft. Because we said this is now the new fascination of, of, of humanity. 
and we'll see in a minute what it is mean. We see that this is exactly what happened. Because when Nimrod uh, failed, so that we remember the Tower of Babylon, so it was, Hashem came down and broke his power of communication, the language, and humanity split into nations who couldn't even speak to each other anymore. So, elimination. So the brotherhood was broken. So each nation lived alone. Oh, that's a source of a lot of trouble. And Nimrod himself, uh, if you remember, it said that he was the first mighty man on earth. That's how the Torah described him. He was a mighty man on earth, which means which mean he was a, the first tyrant. And after, he was only the first, because after him, as soon as he passed away, or his tourist kingdom dissipated, so each nation now copied Nimrod and developed a tyrant of its own. Only that this time, those new tyrants relied morely or mo mostly on the sword and the police and the army rather than on the power of speaking, as Nimrod did. Nimrod never lifted a, lifted a sword, and he was the, the, the biggest tyrant ever to live, controlling all humankind through his power to communicate. We learn about it. Now, the the midget, uh, the new the new little tyrants that sprang all over the place they couldn't speak to each other all they know is the power of the soul and now they start to invade each other border so the old recognition remember we talked about the recognition of nations seventy nations of Noah they all recognize each other border and respect each other is peaceful and brotherhood and the 70 angels in, in the heaven that present those 70 nations, each one recognized in its own border. Now, with the new reality, uh, well, they, they, they pass across the border and they fight each other. And, and they fight to do what? Introduce war, W-A-R, slavery and theft on, on a big scale. What does it mean, big scale? You know, uh, here is another point to, to discuss. When, when, when uh, in the time of Noah, there was also theft. But this theft that the Noah experienced in a generation was more personal. Uh, there were gangs ruling the street, stealing, robbery, rape, killing. We remember Tubalkine and his vicious uh, children of a Latin gang with the arrow that he invented. So those gangs killed on, on, on the street with no mercy under the sun. But they were personal, they were not organized like state. It was a personal disarray, chaos, murders, which was vicious. Hamas, they call it, like Gaza Strip today. Hamas, the same word. Uh, we remember Nama, the, the sister, the, a North sister-in-law, who actually was so sexually perverted that she taught people uh, the ugliest sexual practices, including bestiality and all, everything they can imagine she taught it. The Torah says that every, they, she even taught people to cohabit with, with, uh, with animals. 
and so on, and even animals to cohabit with different species. So um, this was the time of the flood, but now we are talking about new generation, new kind of theft. When, when, it changed, uh, when Abraham was born, humanity practiced a new brand of theft, more organized and on a larger scale. This was a time that masses of armed people roamed the earth, capturing territories and properties enslaved from each other, creating a new economy based on forced labor. The name of the day was stealing, abduction, and slavery. It was conducted in organized fashion to build uh, um, empires based and uh, accumulate power on, and wealth. Empires were consolidated at the time the first time and they were based on efficient uh, uh, warfare and war machine and capturing land and slave. But uh, interestingly, uh, uh, unlike the time of the flood, life was relatively safe within within established empire. So Abraham, let's say, could travel safely from place to place. But still, uh, people couldn't know what will happen to them because a, bro a war could break any time and another country will invade them and, uh, and capture them in captivity as Abraham, uh, the story of Abraham is going to tell you. Abraham is going to fight all that. This was also, this was true not only in, in the Middle East, it was over the cross of globe, everywhere where, where people were, uh, uh, were uh, established themselves. In, in fact, when people in history, so masses of, of thousands, uh, for thousands of years, masses of human, human uh, uh, herds of human warriors uh, used to roam the earth. Uh, on, on, on horses and uh, wagons to conquer uh, land and to establish itself, to create new empires, and then the empires fight, fight each other to death. So this is the reality that Abraham was born into, and lasted until, until recent history. But Abraham's generation was afflicted not only by theft on a grand scale, but also violated all the rest of the North uh, commandment and humanity slid into idolatry, adultery, bloodshed and civil disorder and blasphemy. Gen ten, only ten generations after Noah, while Noah was still alive and humanity sank into the lowest form of idolatry not known to previous generation. They followed Enosh error uh, first of all, they, they practice, they worship the celestial bodies as a servant of Hashem. I'm quoting now the Rambam, that uh, the generation first started worshiping the celestial moon and the star, first as a servant of, of, of Hashem, but then they forgot Hashem altogether, and they just, uh, they just worship the astrology and the star and the moon uh, as if they have their own power. And then they continue to degenerate and they start to worship uh, idol uh, stone and wood images and natural forces like the Greek and the trees and the hills like the Canaanite, animals and insects like the Egyptians 
So humanity degenerated into the, 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 the sheer idolatry, forgetting about Noah and his teaching. And Noah was still alive. He was kind of faded into obscurity. What they did remember of him was only a childish story about Gilgamesh that you can still find in clay today. So all the story of Gilgamesh, uh, this is what they remember from Noah. And the scholars, uh, scholars say that the Jews took Noah from, from Gilgamesh. The truth is the other way around. Uh, those nations that wrote about Gilgamesh and his, 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 his journeys, they forgot what Noah was. Uh, there were only a few people that stuck, still t stuck to the old face. Uh, Noah, uh, Noah righteous son Shem, ever will establish an academy in Jerusalem. And they, they have a few disciples that they taught the old seven commandments, but nobody listened to them anymore. They were forgotten. Now, ten generation after the flood and humanity violated all the commandments. This meant that they failed, that they failed in, a, in a, a large scale, total drastic fashion. And now, like in Eden, mankind could have lost the right to live on earth. Because once you fail all the commandments, you have no right to stay here. So they broke now the rainbow covenant. And the flood could have returned. Had Hashem not in, in, in mercy, uh, not forsaken us, and sent us Abraham as a last straw. The last uh, uh, attempt to save humanity from, from bringing bring the flood. Now, how did Abraham uh, find his creator? Abraham was a descendant of Shem and Ever, and he was a, uh, he was born into pagan family who worship idols, but still he carried with him uh, some holiness in his home because of of Abel, Ever. Uh, so that's spark of holiness that he carried with him from Abel turned into a big flame of faith. So it's not incidental that Abraham was, was a descendant of Abel. Abraham, I agree, because Abel was a righteous man and in his memory or his spark uh, helped Abraham to, to get out of the, of the idol worshipping. Although his father was completely idol worshipper. Abraham came to face on his own. In fact, uh, that gave him a special zeal needed for his time. He not, because he came to this on his own, uh, not knowing about, about Noah at all, so that gave him like a personal touch. It was very important to understand Abraham through that personal achievement and touch. Without this zeal, uh, Abraham wouldn't be Abraham. And Hashem needed a strong horse to, to keep, to, to take the wagon out of the mud. Uh, he would learn from Noah about the seventh commandment only later, when he was a dad at the age of 58. Interestingly, Noah in Hebrew is 58 too. 
so, so when Abraham was 58, he met Noah. But until then, he was by himself. He came to face but on its own. So that interest, Abraham didn't start by, by, by learning about the Torah, about creation. But let's see what happened to Abraham. How did he find his face? Not only was born into a family, pagan family, his father Terach was a devout pagan. He was a preacher of idol worshipping, who also made his livelihood from carving, not only from teaching, but also from making those idols. He carved them out from wood and clay and sold them in the backyard worship. This was the way he made his livelihood. So he was completely sold to idol worshipping, preaching and also making life, his life from that, livelihood from that. Abraham now as a child, so the Midrash says, helped his father in the family business. One day, Abraham came to his father with a question. Father, what right do we have to sell those idols? This was an interesting question, to which his father said, well, uh, we have the right of the artist to own our art. Everyone who makes an art piece is entitled to sell it. That's uh, self-understood. That's the basic of ownership. Remember the fascination of the day is ownership and acquisition. So they knew about, about uh, uh, the right of the artist. So I'm asking to be sure what does it mean. So, so his father explained, every artist acquires his art by making it. We own these idols and we can sell them by the fact that we made them. So hearing, here, hearing him, Abraham said, Abba asked, in that case, do we also have the right to destroy them? To which his father immediately said, not suspecting anything, he said, why not? We, we, they are our property, so we can do anything we want. Fine, so Abraham waited until his father uh, left him alone one day in the shop, the Midrash says, and then he took a big stick, it was like uh, the, the debate, how old was he? Four, five, ten, he was a child. He then took a big stick and broke all his idols in the shop to pieces, apart from the largest one. He then placed the stick in the hand of that large idol and waited. So when his father came, and the father saw the devastation in the shop, so he questioned Abraham, what had happened here? So Abraham pointed to the, uh, the standing idol and said, Father, in your absence, this big idol took a stick and went around and they broke all the other two pieces. So his father started to raise his brow. Looking at Abraham, so Abraham says, Father, if you doubt my story, so why do you worship these lifeless, powerless statues uh, that we own anyhow? After all, they have no real power. As you have said, we made them and we can destroy them. 
This is what Abraham said when he was a child. Now Abraham, of course, couldn't change his father's face. His father continued to be an idol worshiper for years. But when Abraham grew up, uh, he preached the, the falsehood of idol to his neighbors, the Midrash says. Most of them objective, but he had some followers. Uh, he, Abraham, what's special about him, he, he was an artist like, like his father, he inherited this artist's mind. And when he was 42, the Midrash says, he, he looked at the starry sky, and he said, what a marvelous art is this castle, in this world. How great is this castle, what a beautiful blue sky, the flower, the color, he noticed it's like a beautiful artist, a beautiful piece of art. In that case, there must be an artist, he said, who crafted this castle. Then he continued his logic and he said, well, if this artist crafted our world, then he also owned it by the right of the owner. Then he took the next step and he said, well, if the, you, the creator, are the artist who made me and he also, you are my owner, Adonai. Adonai in Hebrew means my master, my, the, my, my owner. In English, my lord. So, but my lord is not a title in a British, uh, in a British uh, uh, govern, governorship structure there, lordship. Lord, he is here in Hebrew, Adonai means my master who own me. There's no lord in Hebrew, it's Adonai, my master. He says, and I am his, if he owns me, I am his slave. So everything, my property and everything belongs to him. Now in a world inflicted with organized theft and abduction and slavery, and when people uh, moved around and grabbed property and, and even life from each other, st stealing even uh, children for slavery and so on, Abraham now come and preach. And I, I am, I belong to nobody. Nobody can can own me. I'm a slave to no one, but to my owner, my master, and my landlord, Adonai. So at the time when when the when nation grabbed territory and property and people by force, Abraham proclaimed, "There is an owner to the world." You cannot, and the owner establish borders, and you cannot steal, no stealing, no theft. So this is the thrust of Abraham when he came here, and we'll see in a minute how powerful it was, what did it mean. Uh, so uh, Abraham arrived, as, as he said, at, at, this, at this notion on his own by his own conviction, and that made, uh, made it, uh, uh, that gave it like a special zeal. You see, when the old teaching of Noah, when Noah talked about the king, about the creator, Hashem, and, and this lost the impact, who cares about it anymore? 
Uh, all this title, look to the people there at that time, they were engaged in so much uh, uh, acquiring acquisition, power, wealth, money, lots, lots so far, we, we are almost the same thing. So spirituality like that notion of creator and Hashem and judgment, who care about it? So nobody listened to, to, to Noah anymore, no, nobody listened even to Shem and Ever anymore. All this concept were aloof, theology. We don't care much about this, we care about shopping and business and acquisition, they said. So uh, when, 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 when Noah talk about king, well, he is our king of the universe, well, king is closer than creator, but still, it's still aloof. Even if you say that we are the children of, 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 of Hashem, it's still, well, children sometimes listen to the parents, sometimes not, and, well, I'm a child, so I can clap my hand and love him, but then I go out and do whatever I want. After all, child uh, is not afraid so much from his parents. But now come, come Abraham says, no, I am none of that. I am enslaved. He is my owner. Now, this has an almost, enormous impact and a total new appeal. Because if I am a slave to him, so his words, I have to abide every day and every minute, every minute of my life. I have no free time. I have no self. Uh, I, I'm totally, I'm totally uh, subjected to his will and to do whatever he wants for me. This is a special zeal that uh, filled Abraham's life when he considered himself, I'm not master of my own. I do whatever he wants me to do. I will go, he tell me to go to Lenoknan, I'll go there. I have no I know I'm not pursuing my own happiness anymore. We don't say that whole humankind should be that kind of zeal. We don't that's why not all humankind should circumcise. Circumcision, as you can see later on, is a stamp like you stamp a cow on the flesh to say I'm he's my I'm sold to him. Well, we, we believe that humankind can, can pursue happiness, but not Abraham. Abraham was sold to, to the service of Hashem. He has no self anymore, as he's a slave. Not everyone should follow this. If Noah came alive today, would have told you, well, I like Abraham, but I'm not telling you to be like him. Unless you volunteer, voluntarily want to join it. But the teaching is there. The teaching is there to show, to understand what Adonai means, my master. So when in a time when everyone was pursuing his own, his own wealth, uh, Abraham says, "I am your slave, and and uh, I am uh, I am uh, you do whatever I want." In fact, Abraham was uh, blessed by that because Hashem gave him ten times more wealth than anybody else. But without him pursuing it on uh, on on uh, with a, uh, on on purpose. So uh, let me also point, I don't know how much time we have, but we have to, before we go on with the Abraham, I want to, want to point here another important notion. What's new? The, the rabbi said that until Abraham, nobody thought about the Creator as, as an owner. 
it was a whole new revelation. Why? I'll tell you the truth. The truth is that until today, nobody can see conceive of, of, of the Creator as the owner. Why? Take the Greek, for instance. The Greek, or, or the Greek, let's say, or any, di any nation that uh, developed theology. So let's say if the Greek thought about uh, uh, about uh, um, first of all, here I put a point before I go into that. The fact of ownership. If I own ownership, if I own a piece of land, then somebody else. It means I have a claim on that land, which means another person has a claim of on his land. There is a border, so ownership already. Uh, uh, is, is uh, assume there is at least it's two claims. Otherwise, if I own everything, then ownership doesn't mean anything. If I own the entire world, uh, if Elohim or Shemin own the entire world, so what does it mean? Who claim, who claim otherwise? So that's why the whole notion of Hashem is an owner didn't make any sense. To, 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 let's say, Noah, if Noah met Abraham, imagine later on he met him, so Noah probably had to, to, to struggle with the idea. What do you mean he own? You say he's an owner, who claim uh, he owns everything? Well, that, what does it mean? Does anybody claim uh, another ownership? The, the truth is, is yes, we claim. It's our ownership against his ownership. But, uh, uh, Let's go to another topic here. Uh, the, 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 why people, why all the nation, why ownership is still strange idea. Let's say if take the Greek. If Greeks say that the Aten is the god of wisdom, so it, it's not that she is only owner of wisdom. She is wisdom. If I say that Neptune is the god of the sea. So he's identified with the sea. Uh, he's not the owner of the sea. He is the sea. He is the ocean. If I say March is a, is a god of war, or Venus is a god of love, well, they are not the owner of war or the owner of love. They are love or war. So, so the the notion that Hashem or, or the deity deity owns something. It's very strange. Nobody even conceived anything like that. What does it mean own anything? He is. He is war. He is love. He is wisdom. He is science. He is the sea. He is evil or good. He's not the owner. So, so that's why everything, like say, uh, this is why uh, uh, Abraham that uh, came with this notion of owner, the rabbi says, until Abraham came, nobody ever called Hashem Adonai. It was a whole new notion, which now stood before the heavenly court, and heavenly court has to decide if to accept that notion or not. We'll see in a minute that it was. Or maybe next time we'll see. So, what does it mean? Now, if ownership, if righteousness of ownership and no stealing is now important to Abraham, because the whole face, his whole face is based on, on the concept of honor and against feeling. So Abraham is now going to show for the rest of his life how he's obsessed by, by right acquisition. 
for instance, when he when he going to purchase, when Sarah is going to die, so he's, he's, he goes out of the way, the Torah tells you, he purchased the land, piece of land, he paid 400 uh, money in silver to pay for that land. He was very careful not to grab it or to call, to even get it in, in, with, 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 uh, as a present. He paid for this with money. And when people four kings come and abduct uh, Lot and his Sodom and Sodom and Gomorrah, so Abraham go and and fight against those kings to release those abducted people, even if they were Sodom and Gomorrah citizens, these wicked people. Still, they are, who, who said that they should be abducted? So Abraham fought against those those thieves. So so. Um, uh, the culmination, the culmination of, of, of the, to prove you how, how Abraham was fascinating by, or obsessed by this ownership, is when he finally returned uh, from the four king battle, and we can look up and learn it later on, verse by verse, if we have time. So when he come back, uh, he meet Malkitzedek, this is Genesis 14, and the Malkit Sedek, uh, the king of Salem, which is, uh, the rabbi said it was Shem himself, he was living in Jerusalem, his name was Malkit Sedek, the righteous king. So he met Abraham and he said, blessed Abraham to the most high, and who owns the heaven of the earth. So Shem, when he introduced himself to Abraham, he uses Abraham term, owns owns the heaven Hashem, bless you, bless you Abraham to Hashem, who owns the heaven or earth. This is a, a, a such a such a, a verse, a corner verse, cornerstone verse, that we use it in our Shmanisra, in, in, in our prayer Amida every day. When I start the Shmanisra, I quote this, uh, bless you Hashem, who owns the heaven or earth, and I, I finish that, uh, I finish that blessing, the shield of Abraham. We call it the first out of the 18. The first one is the shield of Abraham. And I mentioned what is Abraham, uh, who, uh, who believe in you uh, as the owner of the heaven and earth. So ownership of Abraham uh, is uh, very important. It's against stealing, abduction, and theft. So the same way, in summary, for today, the same way that Abraham that Noah was obsessed with uh, fighting against the bloodshed. So come Abraham and uh, was obsessed with rightful ownership. Now, let me put you uh, uh, something to think about. I remember when I, in my previous classes, when I gave to, to people here in Lafayette and elsewhere, to, to, to non-Jews, and and they they had a trouble had a trouble time to think about it because they they couldn't they couldn't think about religion invasion invaded they, and kind of dealing with this level of buying and purchasing houses and what the religion has to do with it they can understand what what the end of time is a uh, the revelation or the antichrist coming and and end of time wars and and and, and all this my major uh, end of time vision and and, and and so they can understand that it's like homosexuality and a story of Eden 
to buy and, and, and to sell? What is that to do with religion? Now come Abraham and, and operates on that level. It's fascinating. Abraham is not fascinating with, with the adultery and adultery. Yeah, he fought against this too. But, but the, the, his, 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 his whole idea is to, 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 to stay away from theft. Lo and behold, the entire Talmud, half of the Talmud, is right there. It's right there. The Jewish people are also obsessed with that. And that's why the Talmud is full of that. The right of the people to buy and purchase, and how what does it mean cheating, thing, buying, and uh, you you and uh, you you change uh, ox with the with the donkey. You sit in yeshiva and you learn those foolish things. Look, you go to yeshiva in Yerushalayim and you see what do the children learn there? They don't learn about Armageddon uh, and Gog and Magog and the world and the, and the world and Messiah and all this. They don't. They, they hardly even speak about it. They don't even mention it. All the day, all the deal, day and, day and night, is about the law of buying and selling. To be righteous. And we'll, we'll go, we'll go, we'll become of Jacob, and we we'll saw how humanity, uh, Jacob, correct now the next step, the justice. It's even more so. So this is what the Torah is all about. Operating on that level, uh, major level, I mean, it's level that most people, are, are, that's what we deal with our daily life. In our daily life, we hardly deal with the topic of idolatry, adultery, and bloodshed. Most of us don't deal with it every day. But we do deal, we are, we are engaged on Abraham level, of, 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 of righteousness in through through person to person buying and selling and trade and commerce. That's what that's what the Torah is all about. Not singing hallelujah and not uh, not uh, high uh, the end of time visions. Leave it leave it leave it the Drambam says three people sitting in a room should not discuss those end of time issues. Three people in a room are forbidden to discuss the end of time issue. Three people in a room, they sit and learn Torah, they cannot discuss end of time issue. All they can discuss is uh, if I buy and sell a house, what height of fence I should put in order not to violate my neighbor right. That's the Torah. So this obsession with rightful ownership and acquisition and not cheating and not stealing, this is Abraham. So when, when I said you anchored on Abraham, I don't mean you anchor on Abraham and, and, and with those fancy uh, singing and chanting. I'm talking about, of course, yes, you, I'm not putting down faith. But, but Abraham, the Torah says you anchored on Abraham, he will bless him because we learn from Abraham, Nenoch learned from Abraham that far. Righteousness of dealing on a personal level. Alright, so I think we will be past our time today. We'll continue. We'll continue with Abraham. Uh, we'll continue with Sodom and Gomorrah. And we'll continue with this uh, Isaac binding, what we're learning about Abraham is, and we'll see how Abraham developed. What did it mean, Adonai? 
uh, how this developing in Jewish, uh, how we now actually replace the face, the, the term that Abraham incidentally put it here, my master, actually replaces almost all the previous name of Hashem, Yudhevavke, and Elohim, whenever, whenever we meet that, whenever we meet Hashem, Yudhevavke, in, in, in the, in the Siddur, in the prayer book, I will never say Yudhevavke, and I will not say Hashem, I will say, I, I will say Adonai. So Adonai is a new Abraham term that replaces all the other terms. He is a blessing of all, he is a source of all blessing because we, from him, we take his term, his new name of Hashem, and we use it. He is a source of all faith in that, in that sense, of understanding that our life are totally slave to Hashem, either by through circumcision or without circumcision. All right, any question for me today? Any question? I don't see any response. Oh, okay, so you're still there. So thanks, thank you, thank you, and uh, if you had to read it, thank you, I have no... Thank you, okay, thank you all, thank you all for being with me tonight. And I know it's not an easy concept, we have to read it and we'll discuss it time and again as we usually do. God bless you, Hashem bless you all, and we'll be here next time on the same wavelengths. With Hashem help. Good night.